Safety Net Studio presents. Talking movies with Brian Lataki. And here we go. Here's Brian Lataki. You can do it! Hello, friends, and welcome to Talking Movies. I'm Brian Lataki, and today we hit the sewers with Seth Rogen's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Hey, guys, if we weren't monsters that were shunned by society and we could do what we wanted, what would you guys do? Go to high school. Maybe get a girlfriend. Can you imagine that? Not likely. Can I kick it? Yes, we can. Can I this is insane. Turtle, mutant, karate teens. I want to know everything about you. Police are baffled by the recent crime wave led by a superfly. Nobody's ever seen his face. Why? Because he kills everyone who does. We can't stop him. We gotta try. Enough talk. I dream about fighting every night. You've got a rage problem, oh, right? It's not a problem. Written by the team of Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Jeff Rowe, Dan Hernandez, and Benji Samet, and directed by Jeff Rowe and Kyler Spears, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem stars Micah Abbey as Donatello, Shimon Brown Jr. as Michelangelo, Nicholas Cantu as Leonardo, Brady Noon as Raphael, and features Ayo Edebiri, Maya Rudolph, John Cena, Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, Natasha Demetrio, Giancarlo Esposito, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, Paul Rudd, Post Malone, alone, Hannibal Burris, and Jimmy Donaldson, a.k.a. Mr. Beast. Film critics have not been kind to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Out of the six previously released Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movies, not one has cracked 50% positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. In fact, the 1990s Ninja Turtles live-action feature was the highest rated at a whole 42%. And it's only downhill from there, hitting a measly 19% on Ninja Turtles 3. Michael Bay took a crack but failed to even hit 40%, for his efforts, but here we are with Forever Child Seth Rogen and his friends taking a crack, but sticking with the animated realm. Story-wise, this movie is great. It changes things as you may recall them from the animated series, with Master Splinter now being an overly protective, loving father instead of a grueling trainer. The mutants that once comprised their rogues gallery are now just as lost and alone as our four heroes are, and the Foot Clan hasn't quite gotten their start yet. And we have the very early version of the Turtles as they're slowly making their way from the sewers with their ultimate goal of acceptance from the world above. It's cute, it's wonderfully funny, and packed with great action sequence in a perfectly timed one hour and 39 minutes. Acting-wise, everyone truly seems like they are having a great time. The voices of the turtles are well done and not only sound like, but actually are teenagers. The rest of the mutants is a hit list of some of the top comedic actors in Hollywood mixed with a few pop culture icons, which is exactly how you would want a movie like this to go. It's impossible to pick a standout because nobody was bad. Where this movie really hits a home run, though, in my opinion, is in its animation style. While I fully recognize that the style won't be for everyone, its rough, unfinished style is a blend between the classic animated series and the original comics. Add in plenty of references in the background and slapping you in the face, and this movie is a piping hot pizza cooked to perfection. Overall, Mutant Mayhem is easily the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie that's come out so far. Its humor is perfect for all ages, the voice acting is 
is top notch and the soundtrack and animation style really bring it home. It will be perfect for those of us that grew up on the Turtles and perfect for those trying to find something to toss on the TV for the kids that you will also enjoy. I give Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem an A+. The weather has been hot and you should look the same. Nick and the team at Swish Barbershop at 844 St. Mary's Road are ready to line you up and make you look your best. Walk-ins are welcome or you can visit my barber by booking today at boybarbernick.com. I've just been handed an urgent news story. Cannonball! Let's get into movie news you can use, and let's start with an update on the Writers Guild of America strike. A meeting took place on Friday between the Writers Guild of America and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers on how to move forward with negotiations amid their strike. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the two sides intended to figure out a potential negotiation protocol, as well as offer a preview of the issues each side intends to bring back to the table upon resumption. According to the WGA, no terms were met because the AMPT said they needed to consult with their member studios before moving forward. The WGA also said that AMPTP head Carol Lombardini stated that they were willing to increase their offer on a few writer-specific TV minimums and willing to talk about AI, but that they were not willing to engage on the preservation of the writer's room or success-based residuals. The WGA is standing their ground by ensuring that the committee does not intend to leave anyone behind or make merely an incremental deal to conclude the strike. The WGA also said, quote, in addition to the comprehensive comprehensive response from the AMPTP on our proposals in all work areas, we will need to address issues arising from the strike, including a healthcare benefit extension and additional plan funding, reinstatement of striking writers, and arbitration of disputes arising during the strike. All of that to say that the strike will continue as planned. In upcoming projects, The Hollywood Reporter has confirmed that director Christopher Landon will be in charge of directing Scream 7. Landon, who is also the director of Freaky and Happy Death Day, will be joining the team of Matt Bettinelli Tyler Gillette, and Chad Villella. As of now, no script has been written, and it's not clear if the writers of Scream 2022 and Scream 6, James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick, will be writing the script, or if Landon will be writing it himself. According to Variety, due to the recent Lionsgate acquisition of Entertainment One, or E1, a number of Hasbro projects are being put into development, including a Monopoly film. Hasbro CEO Chris Cox said in a new statement, quote, This sale fully aligns with our strategy, and we are pleased to bring the process to a success close. Lionsgate management team is experienced in entertainment and adept at driving value, and we're glad to have found such a good home for our E1 film and TV business. We look forward to partnering with them, especially on a movie adaptation of Monopoly. Other E1 properties include Peppa Pig, Transformers, Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, My Little Pony, Power Rangers, Play-Doh, Monopoly, and Clue. During a recent interview with IGN promoting his upcoming film The Last Voyage of Demeter, director Andre Ovredal was asked about the sequel to scary stories to tell in the dark. Ordeval said, quote, We have a story, we have a script, we've been working on the script as late as last year, and even slightly into this year. The process obviously stopped with the strike, but it's alive for sure. COVID, and then the last voyage of Demeter eating up two years of my life, certainly put a dent in the progress. The project, which was produced by Guillermo del Toro, was based on the scary stories to tell in the dark series of books by Elvin Schwartz. The first film was a box office hit, earning just under $106 million worldwide, on a budget of $25 million. Comic Comicbook.com is reporting that director
director Kevin Smith is ready to move forward with his next project, titled The 430 Movie. The movie will star Austin Zadger in the lead role and centers on a group of teens in the 1980s who pay to get into one movie and spend the day theater hopping. Smith was given a green light to make the film thanks to a waiver bestowed to him from the Screen Actors Guild. While promoting her new film Heart of Stone, Wonder Woman herself, Gal Gadot, has confirmed that she is actively working on the project alongside Peter Safran and James Gunn. Gadot said, quote, I love portraying Wonder Woman. It's so close and dear to my heart. From what I heard from James and from Peter is that we're going to develop a Wonder Woman 3 together. It remains to be seen how this will fit into Gunn's new universe as his Superman legacy project will be the jumpstart of the new continuity. Moving to the small screen, a trailer was released for the upcoming season two of Disney Plus's Loki. I've been pulled through time between the past and the present. Hello? If what I saw is true, there's nothing to stand between this world and utter destruction. Only one way to find out. It's up to us to save this place. War is on its way. Come on, you're the god of mischief. Always have been. Always will be. Since its release, the Loki Season 2 trailer has become the biggest online trailer debut ever for any series on Disney+, Plus, with 80 million views. The first season of Loki remains Marvel's most-watched series on Disney+, Plus, and the new trailer finds Loki, played by Tom Hiddleston, doing some time-slipping and teaming up once again with Mobius, played by Owen Wilson, in order to save the timeline. Loki Season 2 will debut on Disney+, Plus on October 6th. And finally, we end today on a series of bad news. Hollywood saw a number of actors pass away over this past week, including Mark Margolis, who passed away at the age of 83. Margolis was probably best known for playing Hector Salamanca in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Breaking Bad star Brian Cranston paid tribute to Margolis on Instagram, saying, quote, I'm very saddened today to learn of a friend's passing. Mark Margolis was a really good actor and a lovely human being. Fun and engaging off the set, and in the case of Breaking Bad and Your Honor, intimidating and frightening on set. His quiet energy bellied his mischievous nature and curious mind, and he loved sharing a good joke. I miss him already. Rest now, Mark, and thank you for your friendship and exceptional body of work. Margolis is also known for his roles in Scarface, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Pie, Requiem for a Dream, Hannibal, The Fountain, and Star Trek The Next Generation. It was also announced this past week that Euphoria star Angus Cloud passed away at the age of 25. His family released a statement saying, quote, it is with the heaviest heart that we say goodbye to an incredible human today. As an artist, friend, brother, and a son, Angus was special to all of us in so many ways. Last week, he buried his father and intensely struggled with this loss. The only comfort we have is knowing Angus is now reunited with his dad, who was his best friend. Angus was open about his battle with mental health, and we hope that his passing can be a reminder to others that they are not alone and should not fight this on their own in silence. We hope the world remembers him for his humor, laughter, and love for everyone. We ask for privacy at this time, as we are still processing this devastating loss. It was also announced that actor Paul Rubens, best known for playing Pee Wee Herman, has passed away at the age of 70, following a very private battle with cancer. Rubens' death was announced on his own Instagram, in a post that said, quote, Please accept my apology for not going public with what I've been facing the last six years. I've always felt a huge amount of love and respect for my friends, fans, and supporters. I've loved you all so much and enjoyed making art for you. That's it for this episode of Talking Movies. Follow me on social media at Talking Movies PC and download full-length episodes on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And as always, sorry, am I supposed to film all the stuff you do? Because a lot of it is dumb. 